we created a new lane and called it infrastructure. This is ETC by us. On one hand, you have the archive, a subscription-based curated database and network which contains detailed information on creatives and their happenings on an exclusively local level. You have the creative consulting brokerage, a service-driven division which provides holistic end-to-end creative consulting solutions for creative individuals and groups. And then future forward, we have ETC by Akis, our nonprofit division. This awards deserving creatives funding, resources, and assistance to achieve their goals. And here's what it means to be part of the infrastructure. For the creatives, a centralized location that serves as a digital encyclopedia archiving your content and history, a reliable distribution system that connects you with the consumers who want to know what's going on in the creative community, a platform that supports your projects in meaningful and intentional ways, and down the line, access to funding from corporate and community partners. For consumers, we offer the answer to the question, what's happening in my city? Who are the people that are adding value to the culture and how can I support? How can I be part of it? Access to special deals and exclusives and content and merchandise and ease of consumption as we deliver archive-related content directly to you. And to the culture, we offer infrastructure, an organized system that makes navigating the creative scene easier than it's ever been because telling our story and documenting the narrative of Columbus's important work so tap into local with ETC. Visit us on Instagram at etc.by.us. Follow us on Twitter at the ETC by us. And you can find more info online at etcbyus.com. Got the audio recorded before I have the Facebook recorded. Everything's all backwards today, but it's all good. I'll figure it out. Um, hopefully that's cool. Nah, so, um, there's this video from last weekend that's going viral on Twitter and on Instagram. On Instagram, it got half a million views, and on Twitter, I think it got 250,000 views. That's not right. But, um, you know, I accidentally ended up at our bar on Friday, um, and that was dope. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was real dope. Um, our bars is dope, man. Like, if you've never been before, I said something over the weekend about how if you came to Columbus and you didn't go to our bar, like, how can you really say that you came to Columbus? It's really turned into one of those spots where it's like a, you know what I mean? Like, the, uh, yeah, it's just like one of those spots you got to go to. You got to, like, make sure you go and touch the people and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, years past, we've lamented about how Columbus didn't really have, like, those gathering spots. And so I'm really grateful, especially amongst my community, that we have a place like Our Bar now where, especially on the weekends, but really any given evening, you can just pull up, you know, and uh, send us up to the people and whatnot. But anyways, Friday, it was stacked. It was crazy. Um, And my dude, well, he wasn't my dude. I had just met him um, over the weekend, but... He had his phone. Like, the bar was nuts. It was going well. I don't know how many people was there. I think AA was in town. They were celebrating their charter day. Uh, shout out to the breast. And, um, you know, it was hard to get a drink. You know what I mean? So, bro put out his phone. And he was, uh, like, it had flash noise. It Angry Orchard and uh, Crown Apple or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was dying. I was up by the bar because, you know what I mean? I like to find my spot and just chill and, like, just, like, post up or whatever. I look back and I see this flashing phone 
And like I, it was just weak, so I put it on my phone. And I recorded it, you know what I'm saying? And um, I went ahead and tweeted it. And I was like, yo, uh, only at our bar or whatever, because, yeah, whatever. Like, it's just special stuff be happening there. And, you know, it kind of picked up scene that night, but then the next day, it went crazy. And then the next couple of days after that, all the way up till today, like, some of the blogs started uh, picking it up or whatever. And that's really neither here nor there. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is the fact that that moment is captured. You see what I'm saying? Like, I mean, putting up your phone and ordering and drinks and everything via your phone, that's not really anything special. I mean, it was innovative, it was ingenious, and shout out to bro, shout out to our bar, because they gave him, like, free drinks, and he did get expedited order and everything, and I thought that was really cool, but just capturing the the vibe, the essence, the um, cultural impact that our bar has had in these last couple of months, I remember my very first time being at our bar, uh, when they had the preview, I think it was in July, and I was in there, and I was just looking around. I was like, yo, this is so beautiful. Like, not only is it a black-owned establishment, it's a black-owned bar and lounge, um, but there's just something special about when you go inside there. Uh, it's like in the air. It's like, you could just feel this is pure. This is, like, genuine. It's, it's our culture. You know, I, I even love the name, like, our bar. Like, it's ours as a community or whatever. And if you look in, in the video... And you see it, you see how many people is in the background, you see the ingenuity, I feel like it just captures that moment, and that's the reason why I wanted to talk about that on this uh, Facebook Live, you see what I mean, because capturing moments is imperative, that's the reason why I started ETC, it's the reason why um, I do tweet so much, why I, I used to post on Facebook so much, because if you don't capture moments you don't capture memories then like it exists in my head and it exists in the heads of other people that also experience that moment but you know oral history gets lost over time it needs to be archived it needs to be documented uh, so that one there's evidence is proof that you can show people like when people say that Columbus never be lit or you have to be at the club or you have to be at a party or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, this is the neighborhood bar on a Friday night in Columbus, Ohio, where everybody says it's dead and all that type of stuff. And you see what the vibes is like. You see how dope it is. It makes me think back to um last year, the end of last year, uh, when Riss was doing the uh, Seat at the Table events. And I remember it was one of my first time that I saw Nas DJing and Love Dragon, that's what it go by now, and it was just an Airbnb, you know what I mean, it was an event, it was an Airbnb, and, you know, I don't, I hate using the words, like, uh, socialize, or anybody that's anybody, or whatever, because that's real pretentious, it was just, a lot of people were there, a lot of people from the community, that'd be out, like, pop, um, yeah, uh, populating, like, events and whatnot, they was all there, and I remember he cut out the music and he was playing Keisha Cole Love and cut out the music and everybody started singing along with him. And it's love. Sorry for my singing and my voice is kind of scratchy too, so I know I sound ridiculous. But like I put out my phone then too. Oh, my Facebook, the live cut out. That's disappointing. 
right in the middle of the story too. You know, wait and see if we reconnect. That's crazy. My internet just went out in the middle of the video. Right when I was in the middle of telling the story. And that's the reason why I got trust issues. But it's back. I had to reboot the monitor. What I was saying was is that I remember one of the first times that I saw Love Dragon never uh DJing was at a seat at the table and um I had cut out the music and like everybody just started singing. I was like, love or whatever. And um you feel me? I was like, yo, this is beautiful, or whatever. And I felt like capturing that moment right there was um, really important for showing where we were as a city, as a culture um, at that time. You see what I mean? Because, you know, this is really the beginning of a lot of the uh, I'm going to just say it's like functioning under like a, a new a new uh, new rules, new rules functioning. Let's call it that. Yeah, it's like people just going and deciding, you know, we want more out of our social life here in the city. And so we're going to go and create more things. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a dope vibe or whatever. And sometimes I go back and I look at the video and I relive that moment. You see what I'm saying? I was like, oh, bro, like I was there type shit. That's another thing. From our bar this past weekend, it was really dope that on that night, they all, um, everybody that was like affiliated with the bar, they had on shirts that said, I was there, uh, and they quoted it, attributed it to our bar and whatnot, right? And it's like, bro, that, that concept, that, that thinking of saying, yo, I was present for some of these landmark occasions and stuff. Like when you are talking to people from past generations, like you're, uh, older cousins or like your elders in the community, your grandparents or whatever, or even in other like cities and whatnot, you know, you talk about, go back to the 90s, things like Freak Nick and, and all that type of stuff, or um, maybe a little bit less sultry, he's talking about uh, like the Million Man March, or you talk about, um, you know, the the riots, like riding in the streets or whatever out in, in LA, um, or you talk about, you know, AGP. Or you talk about, you know, icebreakers, you talk about pro shows or whatever. My point is, is that these moments, you document them and then they become part of a larger fabric. And it adds to the legend, the urban legend of a, a particular place. Um, and that's the reason why you have some cities in America that are um, more notorious or more legendary than others. just because we're more familiar with their moments and we remember their moments are documented they were spread via video or photography or in songs um et cetera, et cetera. and so i was like bruh fuck that we be having moments and stuff too here in columbus and it's just important for us to go out and document them and shit right so i was thinking about some of my favorite moments from this year and um it was intentional too from my teams the teams that i'm on when we were planning some of the things, uh, say for example, I got off the cruise ship in January. Oh, one before we even talk about that, the very first orange soda that we had at Trism earlier this year was right after uh, it was in January. It was right after the anniversary, uh, our one year anniversary for orange soda. And that was crazy. It was nuts and bananas, right? And um, Burn, he went and he cut up the recap video from the anniversary show. And he put in like a slow motion and he put the theme music from Belly behind it. 
And, like, everybody was, like, just moving in slow motion. It was fire. It was crazy. You feel me? And that's how he started out his set. He was, like, DJing along with the video that was playing on the big screen at Trism or whatever. And it was just fire. Everybody was, like, mesmerized or whatever. That was a moment. It was, like, all right, bro, fuck it. We doing this all year. You feel me? We creating moments all year. And there's a lot of things I've been proud of um, being a part of as far as moments go here in, in Columbus in 2019. It's part of the reason why. I like to say that I have um, stake, or I can lay claim to being one of the MVPs for the city uh, for 2019. I've had a hell of a year. You feel me? At the end of that month, I got I left Trism. I flew down to Florida like the same night or whatever, and then went on the cruise ship. And when I was on the cruise ship, <laughs> a lot of things happened. Like one, <laughs> this is funny. Like they have unlimited drinks that you can drink. Uh, there's a drink package. It's not really unlimited. It's just 10 drinks a day. And, I mean, that's basically unlimited. Like, why you need 10 drinks a day or whatever. But it was a, a boozy trip or whatever. And I kind of, well, I don't want to say I needed it because you never need alcohol. But um, it was dope because we were on the same cruise ship that we was on last year. Uh, the last cruise that, well, the last moments I ever had with my dad while he was alive or whatever. So, um, yeah, anyways, that's neither here nor there. I was on, I was tweeting, he was talking about some other stuff or whatever. I'm not going to get too much into it. Um, but, you know, I had it back and forth with Trig, Trig No. Um, and he, like, I don't want to say dared me. He challenged me to, to write a piece and to get some stuff off of my chest that I hadn't really been talking about. Um, now, which is, you know, letting seep underneath my skin or whatever. And I was like, bro, you want all the smoke, you want other people to come out, you want them to say what they feel and everything like that. Well, you got shit that you got on your heart and on your mind that you're not putting out there. So you say you want all the smoke, but your muscles ain't twitching. I was like, all right, bet. So I'm down in, um, and damn, what's it, Punta Cana? I forget the actual country that we was in. Um, but it was down in that area. It was the first land that um, Christopher Columbus had ever landed in. And, like, I remember I took a picture because I had on a jersey that said Columbus on it. It was custom jerseys we had for one of my brothers, bachelor party. And, um... I just got to writing or whatever. I came back a couple weeks later. I performed this piece. It's called In My Original Tongue I'm at Native Tongues. This is January of 2019. And, you know, that was a moment, too. That was it was a really special moment because, um, you know, I, some people know me as being really cocky. Uh, well, not cocky. I shouldn't say cocky, but just um, egotistical. I probably shouldn't say that either because I'm not egotistical, but just being very... Um, my ego, you know what I mean? Like, leaning into my ego. Uh, so much so that, like, over the last half of this decade, I have been intentionally trying to soften my ego and be a little bit more approachable, a little bit more malleable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in the process of me being less aggressive with my own brilliance, um, I feel like, you know, things had kind of gotten fucked up and people forgot about my capacity to deliver and what all made me a special human being, a special creator, a special influencer and everything. Cause like none of this happened by accident. So in this poem, I addressed it, I talked about it and that was a moment. It was one of the first moments of 2019, but also in that piece, I spoke about how this is not going to be the last time um, that I create a moment in, in 2019 because in my own words, I say, you know, King Hikis is back. 
And I'm really proud that I wrote those words because, you know, it's December 23rd, 2019. That's when I'm recording this. And I'm looking back over the year. And I was like, damn, like, yo, nigga was really in his bag. Like, I really um, made those words come to life, made them prophetic. And, uh, like, I think about, you know, move a little bit further down the calendar. Um, well, I had my second roast. I had a sensitivity roast. And that was really fun, too. You know, a couple years ago, I had a, a comedy roast for my birthday. And I feel I felt like, you know, people love riffing me and making fun of me and everything like that. It's like, well, maybe I could brand it, <laughs> you feel me, and, and take control of it. And it's like lean into it because um, even though I am sensitive, I can't take a joke. And I don't mind um, people, you know, making jokes at my expense as long as they're funny. And so we had Marshall. We had, um, I had Marshall and Tripp. There's a bunch of people that came up and, and roasted me or whatever, but they really got in my ass. Matter of fact, if you listen to this on the podcast, and I'm probably going to release an episode um, that just has to roast and everything on it um, because it was hilarious, right? And that was a moment too. My daughter, she got up on the mic. She said I was hiding a kid. I'm not hiding a kid, but it was still funny. And, um, you know, it's something to look back on. It's all recorded. It's all documented. And then fast forward a little bit more. We had sneaker ball. Uh, the first sneaker ball here in Columbus. And that was really special, too. That was another moment that uh, we had here in the city. Uh, you know, people all coming together and getting dressed up, coming out to party with a purpose. Um, you know, I mean, we're raising the funds that we can give away 1,200 pair of shoes to uh, the kids here in, in Columbus uh, through Franklin County Children's Services. And that was fire. That was really dope. Uh, and then fast forward a little bit more. You know, six one four day, we got it recognized as an official holiday here in Columbus. Uh, recognized by City Council, uh, got the uh, declaration down at uh, City Hall. You know, that was amazing. That was important and stuff too. And um, you know, just something you can be really proud of. You have that paperwork is there forever. You know, they say, you know, as of six fourteen two thousand nineteen, six one four day. You know, Columbus Pride is it's a real thing. You know what I mean? Um, fast forward a little bit more, and there's a lot of things that was happening in between these spaces or whatever. I'm just going to like my favorite moments, my highlights and stuff. Uh, we brought Dreamville to Columbus, um, Omen for Native Tongues We Speak, and you know that was just really crazy and stuff too. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he probably has uh, been to Columbus before, uh, especially like back during uh, the early days of his career, like in 2011, uh, back before, you know, Cole was signed to Rock Nation and all that type of stuff. And, you know, it just felt really dope that my team was able to, you know, make that happen, to bring Dreamville to the city and, you know, put on a show. And then also, uh, you know, put a lot of Columbus artists on that same bill too and let them show that, yo, you know, we can really stand next to you know, national recording artists and put on a show that's just as good, if not better, than them as well. And, um, you know, all that's documented, all that's recorded. That's a moment as well. Uh, just something I'm really proud of. And then, oh my God, <laughs> you know I had to talk about bringing Manny Fresh to the south side of Columbus off of Alum Creek and putting on a legendary ass set. And I'll never forget him, him like, come up on the DJ boards and be like, 
you know, I'm a real ass DJ. I'm not a celebrity DJ. I'm a real DJ. And then showing us exactly what the fuck he meant. Um, but beyond Manny Fresh, like just being able to throw a festival off of Alum Creek in the first place, you know, I have thousands of people uh, all in, in the parking lot. You feel me? And yeah, that was that was fire too. Um, the jersey ceremony. That was another moment where we gave the jersey over to Bobby, um, who really helped to make Orange excuse me, Orange Soda Festival come to life. Um, having the live podcast in the back and yeah, just the whole experience. It was it was a moment. You see what I mean? Um, and then I mean, right, I can keep on going. The ungallery preview that we had. Uh, you know, over off of off of uh, Main Street, where we you know took a, a spot and we preview what's to come in twenty twenty. Uh, talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, creating a a space for Black creatives, especially, to come and, and showcase their art and, and be them be themselves unapologetically. And uh, yeah, that ceremony was a moment. Just. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of things that are happening in Columbus right now. A lot of things have been happening for the last 10 years. And I mean, probably even before then, that's just when I started to become aware of the culture here. And I think that the difference between then and now is the fact that we don't just have people that are making the moments, but we also have people that are recording them and, um, presenting them out to the world and stuff too. I think that that's important. I think it's important to have the uh, documenters. Uh, I mean, not to like exalt them or to uplift them or to, you know, give them extra glory or anything. Just more so to say, like, you know, it's important to have people telling the stories um, and making sure that the, the the stories get told responsibly. I think that as I go into twenty twenty, uh, and I try to you know, really embrace what my role is here in the city, whatever that means, that I'm going to really lean into the idea of being um, one of the chief storytellers for especially Columbus underground culture, but just Columbus culture in general. Y'all know I love listening to Hamilton. I listen to Hamilton just about every day. I was listening to it earlier today. And one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite reoccurring motifs throughout the entire play was, uh, you know, the idea that history is happening all around you. Yeah, I was just, shit's crazy, bro. Like, every time I listen to the project, there's always something new that gets revealed to me, uh, something that I missed before. And sometimes it's because I'm going and I'm looking at the genius breakdown or whatever. Sometimes it's just I hear something differently. But, I mean, it's obvious, you know, he's one of the first uh, uh, political figures to die. Um, like from a murder, assassin, not an assassination because it was a duel, but you know, he's, it was one of the first political scandals and stuff in the country. Um, and then also well documented. It's one of the first um, sex scandals in the history. His shit was so ill. And I don't know if it's ill or ill, but it was ill um, because his sex scandal came out because he wanted to tell people about it himself. That shit's crazy. Like, nobody would even known about it if he didn't write that open letter. It's like, yo, these are my sins. And he was doing it because he was trying to protect his legacy. But that's neither here nor there. We already know about that. You know, he died from a duel. We know that 
he also was one of the first sex scandals in American history. But one thing that I realized yesterday, that he also tried, well, he was one of the attorneys in the first murder case in, like, U.S. history. Like, he wasn't on trial for murdering somebody. He was just the lawyer inside of the case or whatever for it. And, you know, I don't know. I, I sometimes I get lost in my own thoughts and I be thinking about meta shit. And um, I was thinking about how, who who was I talking to about? It was Yodi. I was talking to Yodi. And I was like, yo, do you ever stop and think about what your first thought was like ever in in life? Like when you were a baby, like what was your first like thing that went through your mind? Because there had to have been a first, like we have thousands of them every day now, but it had to have started somewhere. Of course, there's no way that you can go back and actually record it or whatever, but it exists. You know what I mean? Um, and then I also think about this too. You know, what are your first words? I, I don't know if I said this on one of these uh, lives before, but do you ever think about what the first word that you say every day is? You know, last week or two weeks ago when I started doing these lives, like I was realizing that I wasn't saying my first words until like twelve thirty, one o'clock because, you know, I'm, I'm working for myself now. So, you know, I don't got to talk to anybody. You see what I mean? It's like, I don't know if it's good or bad. You're waiting until so late in the day to open up your mouth and actually say something, but it's a thing. You feel me? And I say all that to say that like history is happening like on an ongoing type basis, like our bar right now. And I hope that our bar is around for a very long time. That's how I started the Sophie telling the story about that viral video and whatnot. Um, you know, there had to have been an opening night for it. You see what I mean? Orange soda, there there was a first orange soda. You know, there was a first Native Tongues. There was a first Singing Hangout. There was a first Dress Friends. There was a first Hips. There was a first um, Trig No Project. There was a first Fly Union Project. Like, just thinking about, like, the formation of shit. And, you know, I look all around. It's like, bruh, you know, what history is happening and stuff right now? And being aware of the magnitude of those moments, it's like, you know, what we're experiencing right now, it is, um, it has the potential, the capacity because of what this city has the potential to become. Like, you know, everything that we're experiencing on the day to day is potentially historical. You see what I mean? And if you lean into that and you really think it's like, Brad, like, like one day this shit right here could be talked about, you know, it could be written about in history books and whatnot. And then it seems regular, it seems ordinary. You know, you talk about the Cotton Club in um, Harlem. I think it was in Harlem. Forgive me if I'm wrong about that. And you talk about, like, how that's a cultural landmark. That's a place that, you know, you're, you're telling people about, you know, during Black History Month. Because for whatever reason, that's the only time people love talking about Black History it's like, yeah, they went to the con club and blah, blah, blah. They did this, that, yada, yada, yada. Or you talk about um, uh, the Apollo. You see what I mean? Like, if you're alive during that time, that's just a Saturday night. You feel me? Until people started to realize, like, oh, this is significant. This is important. Everything. And then, you know, the legend of it grows. And now maybe it's intentional. You're going to um, the Apollo and say, oh, yeah, of course, I got to go be part of this or whatever. But up until that point. If it's just a regular Saturday night or a regular Tuesday night or a regular Wednesday night, 
And if you're fortunate, you're lucky to be there during those regular nights when it's just like ordinary, then, you know what I mean? You just, you're a witness of history and shit. And so I'm really privileged. I'm really grateful to be put into a spot where not only do I get to recognize and witness um, all this historical shit that's happening here in Columbus in the capital city, the best city in America, best city in Ohio for sure, best city in the world if you ask me. Um, but also, I'm blessed that I have the wherewithal to understand that, like, yo, this shit that's happening is is important. It's it's historic. It's legendary. You know, me deciding to pick up my phone, turn around that hour bar on Friday, and record, bro. You know, all right. I'm not trying to be self-aggrandizing at all. I'm, I'm really just, like, trying to let y'all know what be going through my mind and shit. And also, like, how I be looking ahead and all that type of stuff. Like, I think how uh, Kanye was like, yo, I can see a thousand years from now in real life, you know, skate on the paradigm shift when I feel like. Uh, but imagine, and I'll show y'all the video just in case y'all didn't see it, but imagine in 2020. 20, let's just say in a couple of months, what if everybody, like literally everybody is coming up to the bar and they're ordering drinks with this app and shit, right? And they put their drink order, they put it up on their forehead, you feel me? And, you know, that's how they do it. And it becomes normalized, that becomes a new system and everything, right? Like I said, by now, I don't know what the exact count is, but... I mean, the way that it's trending or whatever. Like, this video right here has probably over a million views and stuff right now. The last time I checked it, it had 750,000. And, like I said, it was um, the velocity of the virility. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to pretend like it is. Um, the velocity of it was only going up. So, I wouldn't be surprised if I checked the stats and it had over a million views. That's a million different times that people saw it, and one of the biggest comments, it actually was annoying the hell out of me on uh, Saturday. I turned off my notifications stuff for it because I had other stuff I cared about more. But the thing that people kept on saying was like, oh my God, this is so brilliant. This is genius, and you know, I need that app. I want to use it, or I'm doing this next time, blah, blah, blah. And at the time, I didn't know what the app was so that people can go and use it. Now, I know what it actually is and, and whatnot, but... <clears throat> Um, imagine, and, you know, since then it's been picked up by even bigger platforms, bigger blogs and all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, the people that are familiar with the app, they're like sharing what it is and starting to spread and whatnot. Imagine, use your imagination. If that becomes standard operating procedure and stuff like in the future, instead of like yelling across the bar or whatever, you put something in on your phone and you show it or whatever. And you're inspired by this little video that you saw that was recorded at our bar in Columbus, Ohio. You see what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe nothing comes from it. But what if it does? You see what I'm saying? Like, that's cultural changing, shifting, like, momentum that's happening. That's originating by the ingenuity here in Columbus, Ohio. And I talked to bro. Uh, he was telling me about it. When he first downloaded the app, it only had like 134 downloads and stuff on it, right? 
And he told me that the app was initially used for uh, flashcards so that people could learn like mathematics and learn about, you know, how to uh, speak in different languages and et cetera, et cetera. And he, and so I was like, yo, I see an opportunity. And he was telling me about some of the ways that he's used the app. He was like, you know, like sometimes I'd be at the club and it'd be hard trying to talk to a girl or whatever because the music's so loud. And so like I'll put like a, a funny line or whatever and just hold it up. And then, like, it gets the attention, it's an icebreaker, yada, yada, yada. And so he saw this product and was like, yo, all right, here's a way that I can freaking and use it to my advantage. You know, the bar, like I said, on Friday was nuts. Like, it was overwhelming. And really, if I'm being all the way real, like, y'all know I'm an introvert. And so I wasn't even trying to talk to nobody. I was over overwhelmed. My social battery was... So I was already, I was kind of annoyed. My pants was fucking soaked. You see what I'm saying? Because people kept on pouring, well, not pouring, but uh, dropping drinks and stuff on me. Um, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Bro, he saw like an opportunity. I was like, yo, I can't get the bartender's attention. All right, I'm about to go do a little ingenuity. He held it up. You know, I turned around. I captured it. You know what I mean? I put it out online. Spread like a wildfire and shit mm-hmm. now. And who knows where it goes from there? You see what I mean? Like, who knows? And that's all I'm trying to say, man, is that. Um, you know, capturing moments is really important. That's it. Uh, oh, speaking of moments, I got some bad news. <sighs> so, um, quick tangent before I get into the bad news. I'm, I've made no secret about my ego and about how, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I believe in my genius, I believe and my creativity, so on and so forth. Um, I'm proud in my ability to execute and to like make things happen and so on and so forth. But just because I believe in myself, it doesn't mean that I'm always right or that everything that I do is perfect or anything in between. And so <clears throat> um, I think that it's a true sign of a champion. Shout out to Steve, Stunt and Steve for saying this or whatever. He um he produced a tape a couple of years ago that really stuck with me. Uh and I don't know if he came up with the phrase, but this is where I heard it from. It said champions adjust. And I think back at like how like, you know, Drake he was like, you know, Harlem shake through the pressure and everything, blah blah blah. Anyways, the point is is that uh even though I you know, I have supreme confidence and stuff in myself, I also believe in being humble and um, humble and being able to accurately look at trends, look at how things are going, and to responsibly make adjustments afterwards, right? And so, with that being said, um, we're going to cancel New Year's Eve next Tuesday, um, the New Year's Eve party that we was going to do, um, mainly, if I'm being transparent about it, just because, like, Brett, like, we've been sprinting all year, uh, all year, like I said, I, I mean, I've been talking for 27 minutes now, actually longer, because the first live cut out, my Wi-Fi went out, but, um, we've been sprinting all year, and probably around, like, August, September, you know, the team started to get a little burnt out, you know what I mean? And so we need to take some time to not regroup per se, but just 
um, make sure that we're delivering like the best type of product. And I don't want to say that we couldn't have done it, uh, New Year's Eve, because we absolutely could have, but we just want to be responsible in, in terms of like choosing not to. And it says, saying, yo, let's go back and let's just adjust. Um, and so the next time that you see us, you see us just burning friends, then, you know, it's going to be the product of some adjustments and everything being made uh, so that we can continue to create moments for the culture so that we can continue to create experiences that, you know, justify our own um, self-appointed title of uh, culture shifters. You know what I mean? Um, we want to make sure that like, if we're saying that we are something, this is what I talked about on Friday, is that if we're saying that we are something, that we're living up to everything that we're saying that we are. And so, well, or so this is going to look the way all the Burner Friends events are going to look. Oh, damn, I didn't even talk about our turn, like what we did, those moments and stuff that we made there, or even Secret Thursday. Um, yeah, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back. It's going to be fresh in 2020. The way that we do it is going to be fresh. And, um, you know, for us to really be able to take off and um, execute the way that we want to, you know, for us to be able to continue building and, you know, making sure that we're delivering a dope-ass sequel follow-up for Orange Soda Fest with Orange Soda Fest 2, um, to be able to, you know, continue to spread the gospel of Columbus, <laughs> you feel me, out to other cities, you know, taking our vibes, our culture, and spreading it to, you know, other places and whatnot, it would be irresponsible for us to go into the new year on uh, some lackadaisical half-ass shit. And so, <clears throat> yeah, made the difficult decision or whatever to you know, cancel this event. And I say it's difficult not because it's hard to cancel something. It's really not like shit gets canceled every day, B. You see what I mean? Um, but there is the risk of, you know, having a black guy say, Oh, why did was it cancel or oh, what does this mean? and all that type of stuff and then now you gotta start introducing counter narratives and you have to um, you know, put out statements and all that type of stuff. Or you could just ignore it and let the storylines, you know, build themselves and, you know, if that happens and you're not in control of it, you know, I went to school for public relations, I'd never do that. That's irresponsible. You see what I mean? And so, um, and that's what I mean when I say that, like, it's a, a tough decision um, because, you know, if you make that type of a move, then there's always fallout and there's all, always like, alright, well, what's next? What do you say next? What do you do next? Type shit. And, um, it's just easier not to have to do that, uh, not to have to worry about that. You feel me? Again, another Hamilton reference. Bro talks about, uh, this is George Washington talking to Alexander Hamilton. Um, you know, earlier in the play, in the musical, he's uh, talking about, because Alexander Hamilton's a young dude. He just wants to be a martyr. And it's like, yo, I'm an orphan. <laughs> you feel me? I'm poor as shit. Like, all right, if I die... <laughs> 
being a war hero, then all right, that'll be my my claim to glory or whatever, blah blah blah. And then he finds out he has a kid. George Washington knows that he has a kid. He's telling him, it's like, brother, like, stop trying to risk your life. Like, bro, you're smart as fuck. You're great with your words. Like, you know, in the future, we're going to need you to write the Federalist Papers, which, um, you know, kind of framed what our government looks like today and all this type of shit. And he tells, bro, he's like, yo, dying is easy. Living is harder. Blah, blah, blah. So that's the first like part. And then later on in the play in the musical, He's still talking to him. This is George Washington. Now he's the president. And he's uh, talking to Alexander Hamilton as the secretary of treasury. Um, and he's, you know, Alexander is trying to get his uh, financial proposal to Congress. And he's going up against Thomas Jefferson. And ideologically, they're like at odds or at each other's heads and stuff. And he's like, bro, all right, that's cool. You know, we got into, we won the war. We have a country now. And I mean, I'm empowerment leadership. You're empowering leadership. It's like winning is easy, but leading is harder. You see what I mean? I think that's what he said. It might have been governing is harder. The point is, is that it's easy to <clears throat> get attention to, um, you know, become a public figure to um, make your stock rise so that you get to a point where you can record a Facebook live for 33 minutes just talking about moments and niggas will click in and listen to it or they'll subscribe to your podcast and listen to your monologue for, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like getting into those positions of power and, and influence and all that type of stuff, that's easy. A lot of people do it. It's about what you do with it and how you um, maintain it. I think, damn, ah, it was somebody. This is more modern, a more modern reference. I don't know who it was, but it was definitely somebody out in uh, Hollywood. They said, you know, getting the mansion is not hard. Getting rich is not hard. It's keeping the mansion. It's keeping the money. It's keeping the wealth. Keeping the influence. Keeping the pressure. And if we're now applying it back to me, keeping that up and continuing to maintain it, that's the hard part and stuff. And so... Um, that's kind of the type of shit that I'd be grappling with on a day-to-day basis. Not because I want to keep <laughs> power, influence, or any of that type of stuff. Because, as I say often, like, bro, I'd really be romancing the thought of leaving all of this shit behind. Like, I'm cool on it, bro. Like, I'm an introvert. I'd rather just sit back, play Madden, read books, play with my daughter. You know what I mean? Go get a, a regular job. <laughs> make a lot of money because I'm smart and I'm talented and you know I may be just a regular person yada 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 um so I, I really be fantasizing about that and leaving this other shit alone but um, as I've said on previous you know uh uh Facebook lives or podcasts if that's how you're listening to it like I feel uniquely qualified I feel uniquely called to come and do this type of thing and I feel like you know, God's placed, you know, this purpose over my life to um, create the way that I'm creating, to innovate the ways that I'm innovating, and uh, to keep on walking down this path that I'm walking along and shit right now. And because I feel called to do it, and it's like, all right, if I'm going to answer that call, then it's like, what comes next? How do you, like, actually maintain that and shit? Because once you accept it, 
It's like, all right, bet. You're no longer being courted. Now the responsibility is put on you. Now this is your job to do these type of things or whatever. And if this is your job, this is what you're like planning on doing, what you feel responsible for doing, then that means you got to handle all the, the negative stuff too and all the pressure and all the et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we're canceling New Year's Eve. Um, but on that same note, in January 1, ETC is coming and it's going live. Um, I had a great meeting over the weekend about it. I had great meetings last week. Some um, members of my team have some meetings this coming weekend. I have an intern. She's great. Shout out to Johan. Excuse me, Johanna. Which is crazy because the first person I ever interned for, his name was Johanin. She's wild, like how life come back around or whatever. Um, I have a great team, actually, like top to bottom. The ETC squad is, is amazing. I really appreciate, you know, them niggas, like, coming along and being like, yo, we believe in you as a leader. Like, even though you're eccentric as hell, like, we're going to follow you and, and try and make something from nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's coming up um, in 2020. Like I said, Burner Friends is going to continue. Orange Soul is going to continue. In 2020, it's going to be greater than it is now. Uh, Native Tongues, especially, is definitely going to continue. I'm working on some new projects. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, that's going to be nuts in 2020. I'm working really diligently and hard to get Morgan Harper um, elected to Congress as the representative uh, for District 3. In 2020, we got some shit that we're planning this weekend for that, actually. Six days. <sighs> it's a lot, man. It's a lot. So, yeah. In the middle of the... It's not bad news. Because there's plenty of shit that's going to be happening on New Year's Eve. Like, plenty of shit. Um, it's just not going to be a Burner Friends production. You feel me? Honestly, I might not even go out on New Year's Eve. Like, I might just stay in the crib and watch the Planet of the Apes trilogy. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, or if I do go out, like, maybe I'll go to our bar. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, we're not going to be doing an event, though. That's for sure. Um, Yeah. I've talked way longer on this live than I have on other ones, and honestly, I'm tired of talking to myself, so I'm going to go ahead and log out. Uh, if you're only just now tuning in, do know that you can go and subscribe to ETC by us on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, Pocket Cast, um, any other podcasting site that you could possibly think of. It has the full audio. I'm recording it on the Zoom recorder, uh, courtesy of ETC. And uh, you can listen to it there. Yeah, I mean, the, the audio is probably going to be a lot better than what it is through here. I've listened back to some of these lives. First of all, if you've been listening this whole time, shout out to you. Um, but secondly, like the mic on this <laughs> on this Dell is not great. You know, it's just not great. So I cleaned up the audio a little bit. And um, it sounds better. And you can just listen to it. Uh, if this is your first live that you tuned into, just know I started doing these because, one, I needed a reason for me to get out of bed. Um, 
to start my day. So the, the goal, the purpose of these is first thing in the morning, me get up and just talk about like the type of shit that's going on in my mind. Um, but I'm also using this kind of like a captain's log to, you know, just really uh, discuss like some of the things that's happening behind the scenes and things that I'm thinking about as I'm continuing on my mission to help shift the culture here in Columbus. Um, so yeah, also on that podcast feed, you'll hear like interviews, one-on-one sit-downs, or sometimes it's two-on-one. Um, if I have another member of ETC along with me and, uh, we're talking to different artists and influencers and pillars in the community and, uh, yeah, just breaking down shit. We put out a dope episode with Sarab last week and today, earlier today, we put out a dope episode with Caesar. So yeah, go ahead and check that out. It's ETC by us everywhere.